Podcast. I'm Ben Myers, Associate Director of Communications and Marketing here at Albany Law School. This week on the podcast, we're meeting another one of our fantastic students, and she has just a fantastic story as well. It's Carrie Glover, who has joined us here at Albany Law School after 24 years in the wedding and hospitality industry across the country. She has some just cool stories about what goes into a wedding, all the details, everything that you need to have a successful day, along with the legal aspects of weddings and how it's so important that she's here at the law school getting her degree. Let's talk to Carrie in just a second. As always here at the top of the podcast, make sure to check out Albany Law slash COVID-19 just to make sure you're up to date on all of our policies and procedures here at the law school. If you want to keep up to date on the day-to-day of everything happening here on New Scotland Avenue, Make sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And if you like this episode of the podcast, you want to hear more, subscribe to us on any of the major podcast services or go over and check out our SoundCloud account. Let's talk to Carrie. Back here on the podcast with Carrie Glover. And Carrie, if you just take a second to introduce yourself to everybody listening to the show today. Hi, I'm Carrie Glover. And I'm a student at Albany Law. At the end of the semester, I'll be halfway. So I'll be graduating December of 2022. I'm in the accelerated program. For many students that come to Albany Law, they come right after finishing their undergraduate degrees. But Carrie, you took a little bit of a different route. Could you just tell us your trajectory to getting here on campus with us at Albany Law? Sure. Yeah, I feel very lucky to be here. Uh, So I had my undergraduate degree at Santa Clara University. Uh, bachelor's of science and marketing. And then I worked in the wedding hospitality world and corporate world for 10 years before deciding to go back and get my MBA at Regis University in Denver in 2010. And then, you know, 10 more years rolled around, 10 more years of my career happened. <laughs> and then I thought time to go back to school. I was lucky enough to be admitted to Albany Law and their accelerated program. And now I'm pursuing my law degree. And, and that's exactly why we love to have you on the show here. Some real world experience before coming back to law school. <laughs> and during that time in the wedding and hospitality industry, you ended up building, I know you're underselling it here a little bit, but you ended up building quite <laughs> an agency in Colorado can you walk us through that business, what its lifespan was, and what you've been doing? Sure. Yep. I started as a you know baby wedding planner at the age of 19. I found my first LLC in San Francisco, and then I moved the company to Dallas for a few years. We were quite large there. And, and then I moved the agency to Colorado. We became the largest planning and events agency, wedding planning and events in the state of Colorado. And I sold that company in 2016. Also during that time, I was fortunate to build, design, and launch. Let's see, now I've, I've built 14 wedding venues. So clients come to me to do the analysis, the design elements, the business plan, the cash flow projections, the launch, all of the marketing website. Typically, I t- train the sales team. Sometimes I continue on as the sales team myself, or I keep them as consulting clients ongoing. So yeah, I've been able to keep my hand in the wedding industry. I'm fortunate enough to have purchased my own wedding venue last year. Uh, in upstate New York. And so my husband and I own that property together and it's been an adventure for sure. (laughs) And why weddings? What made them appeal to you as a career? I mean, I remember 
mine a couple of years ago and I wasn't even really that involved in the planning, but it was <laughs> stressful enough. It was stressful enough. Yeah. There was a U.S. News and World report that came out sometime in my wedding planning career that listed the top five most stressful jobs. And the top three were like president of the United States and active combat officer in the military. And number three was wedding and event planner. <laughs> and number four was firefighter. <laughs> I thought, okay, so the people run into fires less stressed than I am. <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely a stressful position, but I have a good personality for it, I believe, because I'm, I handle issues that come at me from every direction really well. I also really, really love the business of love, right? So all we do all day long is talk to couples that are in love and families that are planning the celebration. And it's just fun to be part of that world for that important year or two of their lives and having somebody to help them guide them through. I mean, from the wedding planner front, you know, we're true handholders, even as a venue, we're very, very full service. So we just love to be engaged, pardon the pun, um, <laughs> in that process. And I uh, feel very fortunate that so many families like share memories with us. So and that kind of leads me to the next thing here is, unfortunately, the COVID-19 pandemic has pretty much defined <laughs> life the last almost two years now. As somebody in that industry where you do, of course, in-person events, how has COVID affected that industry and how has it delayed things? How has it made things tougher for people who want right. to share these experiences during the pandemic? Right. Good question, Ben. Um, I think that COVID affected the wedding industry in a very drastic way. And it's part of the reason why I came back to law school. So I saw, you know, obviously most of my friends work in the wedding industry and our clients, and we saw them pretty slaughtered by what happened in COVID because they didn't have defensible contracts. Clients didn't understand what they should do. I mean, the whole industry was just wholly unprepared for it financially and legally. And so I thought it would be really interesting to have someone who's been in the wedding industry as long as I have, have a legal background. So if something like this occurs again, or even coming out of COVID, you know, that's sort of the unique twist I'm going to have to my law service is I'll be able to bring those two worlds together. The companies that survived, they're still even a little gun shy. Even the clients we see all the time asking us about COVID clauses and, you know, what happens if we have another pandemic. And, and I think that's a real opportunity for hospitality clients to make themselves stronger defensively, their contracts and the way that they do business. And I think that the clients will be better protected as well in anticipation of something like this happening again that companies are better structured and better prepared for it. But it's de it definitely was devastating to our industry. We're hoping that we've seen the worst of it and we're coming on out of it now and everyone's ready to party and dance again in every market I work in. What are the legal aspects of a wedding and wedding planning? For most couples and families, the most expensive day that they've ever invested in and undertaken to that point as a couple, right? So the average wedding in the United States right now, I think is about $39,000. It's a bit higher in New York. That's a huge investment, right? Making sure that their contracts that they have with all of their vendors are clear. They, they understand what they're agreeing to. Contingencies are incredibly important in the wedding industry. So something happens with a vendor, the wedding gets canceled, weather takes away. I mean, one of the venues I manage is in Hawaii. So sometimes we have hurricane issues or things like that, like just knowing 
what the things are that could go wrong and making sure that the clauses there uh, protect the couple and also the vendor themselves. And then speaking from the vendor point of view, you know, not being afraid to put your foot down about what you are and are not comfortable with offering for as far as services go. I mean, 99% of wedding businesses are small businesses, right? So that's that's very important that you have a really strong contract in, in that world and that you make sure that you're protected legally, your entity is solid, you're protecting all your you know personal assets away from your business. That's also an, an issue. So those are just some of the things, you know, that come to mind right away for me. No, you, you gave us a little bit of the trajectory of how you got into the industry, but then we were in Colorado, you have the industry, you sell it there. How'd you get back to New York? Oh, uh, let's see. After call, that's where I met my husband and we, I actually, after I sold my company, took my son on a trip around the world. Cause you know, I hadn't taken a break from working since I was 14. So I thought maybe <laughs> take a little, little break. I met my husband. We fell in love. We got engaged on the trip and married on the trip, which was kind of fun. And then we decided to settle in Hawaii because we thought that's where we were going to buy our first venue. We both ended up working in hospitality. I ran a, a restaurant group and he, he worked in project management there. We just decided that Hawaii wasn't the place. So we did travel around the United States for a year and analyzing, honestly, all of the different markets across the country that are the most profitable in the wedding industry and that has a low barrier to entry as far as venues go. There's actually several reporting systems that we use for a lot of our clients to find those things. And we looked at 13 properties all over the country and we fell in love with one that we now call Maison Albion. It's our venue. It's halfway between Buffalo and Rochester. So it's really far north and west. And it's just the loveliest 150-year-old mansion. We have English country gardens. It's just so gorgeous. I love being there. And we spent the year of COVID restoring it and launched sort of when COVID started to really, you know, wind down a little bit to the sense that we could at least have parties again. So we were fortunate with the timing there. But um, it's been a great adventure to see it from the client's point of view because I've built so many venues for other people and it's really fun to do whatever I want. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us closer forward to today. And you have your own consulting company right now, uh, Flourish, I believe is the name. Check the show notes for a link to Flourish. And you manage marketing, sales, operations for small businesses, like you said, in this wedding industry. Can you tell us more about that entity and how it came to be? That's right. And it's it's my my husband actually put that company together. It's it's a very formal version of what I used to do individually, just building the venues. And we really expanded our services to reach out to not only venues, but we started working with wedding planners and photographers. People in the wedding industry are fantastic creatives. Some of them are amazing business people, but some of them are not. Um, So what Flourish does is it allows them to do what they do best be the most amazing genius florist, event designer, venue owner, but they don't have to manage all of the business of running a wedding business. So we can do all of the operations, all the marketing, website design, social media, we do sales. It's, it's just, And it's fantastic. I really have loved the clients that we work with. Most of them have been with us for a really long time and we've been fortunate to be part of their lives. And we get to touch so many couples that way because we work in so many different markets across the country, helping small businesses like do what they do best. And now that when I have my law degree, I'll just be able to add the legal service. We talked about contracts a little bit. You mentioned a little bit with COVID, but why law school? Why was law school the next step for you? Good question. So I would say I'm a huge proponent of, of entrepreneurship and I've been a mentor to a lot of specifically female entrepreneurs. I saw over and over 
bad decisions that women made owning their business because they're afraid of the law, right? They're afraid of getting sued. They're afraid of bad reviews. They're afraid. They're just afraid because they don't understand the law. Attorneys in the hospitality world seem very unapproachable. Um, It's been my experience that, you know, every time I've had to hire an attorney, it's been a scary, scary process. So I thought, you know, if they had someone that they knew that, you know, they felt comfortable with that spoke the language of weddings and hospitality, also understood the law and can translate that to them in a non-intimidating, approachable way. I can enable them to make better decisions about their clients, stand up for themselves, create stronger contracts, protect their families, protect their business. And I think that, yeah, that's definitely my major motivation for going back to law school. No, that brings us selfishly to Albany Law School. Why was Albany Law School (laughs) the right fit for what you're describing here? Oh, I I thought Albany Law School was fantastic. So um, as you can see from my record of universities, I've selected always small schools. So I was drawn to Albany because of the size. Uh, Also the accelerated program, because I'm a little longer in the tooth than some of the other students on campus. Um, A program that will allow me to get a law degree in two years was fantastically appealing. It also worked really well in my timeline. I'm I'm a January start. And when I started to think about going back to school, the timeline had way passed for a false start, but I was right on track to apply for a January start. So that was very appealing that it worked really well with my timeline. I love how female focused Albany Law is. I love that we were the first to admit the first woman to law school and to the bar in New York. I love seeing her Kate Stoneman's dress all the time when I'm walking around school. It's also a lovely campus. And I love how small the classes are. I really love the friends that I've made really fantastic, diverse, brilliant people. The background of the, I think there's like 22 students that started with me is so, that we're so diverse, crazy different backgrounds, really fantastic. And that's adds a ton of value to class. I think the professors are really, they do care a lot about you individually succeeding, which is really, really outstanding. I can't say enough good things about the school. I'm really happy I chose it. We're very happy to have you here. Of course, definitely. We need more <laughs> students like yourself that have this drive, this this goal that they want to reach. While you've been here for a little bit, though, have there been any particular experiences at Albany Law that have stuck out as some of your favorites? Oh, I'd say, let's see. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I'm doing a, the Moot Court Client comp- Consulting Competition right now. I'm in the semifinals. I've made it too, which is really fun. I've think that that's been my favorite experience so far, just because it's the first, although it's, you know, moot court, it's fake. um, It's, it's the first lawyering that I've gotten to do. I really, really enjoyed it. It's very much shows me how my talents of, I mean, I've probably met with, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 engaged couples doing client, doing consultations merges with the legal world. And I'm able to like stretch those skills over into a legal consultation and just shows me like, okay, I've made the right decision. Like this makes a lot of sense with my skill set. And I love the feedback from the judges. It makes me a better attorney. Yeah, I think that that's been my favorite experience so far. What advantages do you see on the horizon because of your experiences here at Albany Law? I think that the ratio of staff to students is exceptional. And I think that's going to be my major advantage in the marketplace. I feel like I have three or four advisors. <laughs> I know I know they're all officially assigned to me. I don't know what all their different responsibilities are, but I have so many different people to consult with about my scheduling and my projections is what I should be doing. I mean, I have my whole 
law school planned out all the way through the end. And I had it the first semester because my advisors are that great. I have, have my career counselor is fantastic. I've met with alumni in the areas that I want to work with. And this is all just within the first couple of semesters. I just feel very spoiled by the attention and access that we have to professors, TAs, support staff. They're so accessible. I don't think that any of my university experiences, even any of the other schools were like that. So that's definitely a major advantage because I feel very invested in. Last question here before the lightning round. And I think I know the answer to it already, but you aren't planning on becoming a divorce lawyer now that you're going to be a lawyer, right? (laughs) Could you just tell us the future plans after, after graduation? No, that would be, that would be terrible. (laughs) No, I believe in love. I believe in marriage. I'm sticking on that side. No, I just, I, I, my plan is to work with small businesses and continue offering legal services, focus on the wedding and hospitality industry. Um, I focus on, I will build a brand around that as an individual after I complete, you know, my semester in practice, hopefully working at a small business firm for a year or two to get really get some experience. Um, I'd like to go out on my own and focus on the clients I already work with and then expand those clients as well. All right. You've made it to the lightning round. Are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. (laughs) Everybody loves the lightning round. First one up on the lightning round. And this is a kind of a classic, but we have a twist since you're so involved in weddings. What is your favorite or what is the best? Maybe there's two different ones. Wedding based movie. Well, The Wedding Planner is obviously the best <laughs> I figured that would probably be the um, But I'd say probably Father of the Bride is another favorite. I watched that when I was in labor with my son. And <laughs> and The Wedding Crashers is the funniest, okay, okay. I think. <laughs> Steve Martin, always a, cla- always a go-to. No problem there. <laughs> What's the most difficult part of a wedding? I know this is broad, but it's meant to be broad. What's the hardest part? It can be from planning. It could be... I don't even know. What's the most difficult part of a wedding? I think that during the planning process, just managing expectations of a client because of the world of Pinterest. And before that, it was magazines. Clients would come in and say like, oh, I love this table. Let's do this. I'm like, okay, that's a $10,000 table. Uh, that's your whole budget for your reception. So let's figure out how to scale this, you know? And I think that that happens a lot, even on the vendor side. And that communication between vendor and client is Another reason why it's legally important to make sure that expectations are very clear. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Carrie, you have two kids. One's named Benjamin. Fantastic choice on the name, by the way. And (laughs) and Evelyn. So we have Halloween coming up. What's the costume situation shaping up like? Okay, so Evelyn, my daughter, she's two and she's the bossiest one in the family. And so she's dictating for us on a weekly basis what our costumes are going to be. Currently... My husband's supposed to be a pirate. She's a she's a ghost. She has no opinion about what my son is, and I'm a mommy ghost. Oh, okay. So we'll see what it is that she decides the week of Halloween that we'll all be. The pirate and ghost combo is throwing me off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. She's so into Halloween; it's crazy. So she's really she's been practicing trick or treating around our house. It's gonna be a fun night. Yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite night of the year, Halloween. <laughs> Last question here on the show. Always the same question, no matter who the guest is. Is there anything you'd like to say to the Albany Law School community? I would say keep everybody keep their chin up. I mean, we know we've got midterms coming in, you know, and so just try to take time for yourself. Do a walk, you know, do some yoga. Try to take care of yourself. And I'm also really thankful to be part of the community. It's very supportive. I love all of my friends and my 
professors are fantastic. So I just appreciate being a part of it. And thanks to them. Thank you so much for being on the Albany Law School podcast. Thanks for having me, Ben. 